Hello and welcome to the 112th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them how they've made their start making games, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on developers themselves, and the second half discusses the game they hit promote, which in this case is talent not included by Freema Game. Raphael, who are yeah. you? Sir, and what do you do? Hey, um, I'm a level designer and I'm working for uh, Freema Studio for uh, about uh, six months. Oh, now, yeah. an employee then? Wow. Yeah, uh, and I've worked for about uh, five years at Ubisoft Studio in Quebec City too. All right. So, is that how you made your start? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've started in a uh, playtest department where we were um, recruiting players to come to the studio and test the game before the release and get uh, precious information. Uh, and I've moved one year after that in level design department. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, what was your first game? And just give an idea of where were you more on the art side, production side. Where did you make your, 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 your furtive um, glances into the world of uh, flashy lighty video games? Uh, first video game, it was um, Assassin's Creed um, one DLC out of King Washington. So it was a, a pretty good experience. Uh, jump uh, right in the project uh, through production, and uh, I, I love my experience. I'm, this, yeah. Okay, and what, what was the role in there, did you say? Were you a producer, were you? Uh, what do you mean? What, were the, what was your role in part of that? Um, as level designers, um, right. we ensure that uh, the environment is uh, right playable by the players, accessible. Okay. Uh, we put the challenge, usually we do some tech jobs as uh, including uh, Dialogues and um, other, um, yeah, things like that. A, a mix of design and tech, I would say. And that must be quite challenging, making levels for Assassin's Creed. Is there a, a big set design book you had to follow, or is it more free flowing than that? I mean, how did it work? Because it's terribly open ended as a game. Uh, yeah, I will say that uh, having uh, the characters that come uh, reach your mission from all around the world is kind of uh, tricky. So we have to think about every path possible and uh, where to put the cards and uh, what are the, the, the cases where the players could twist, uh, you know, you, you think a way to uh, do the mission, but sometimes all the player just explodes your your strategy and, oh, okay, you have to adapt to every situation. So that's kind of uh, it's quite a challenge, I would say. Yeah, I, I do like the games. I actually, well done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd, I love the first one, which is a con- controversial thing to say, apparently. Most people say, oh, it's terrible. I said, no, it's, I thought it was great because it really was in theme and I liked the concept and there were some periods of waiting around and not doing much, because, but that's the nature of assassinations. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my argument. Uh, but I love the second one too, etc. It's just a, it's a wonderful, wonderful series. But um, yeah. that's it, it's, it's, it's quite a leap then to go from uh, 
something that's you know it's it's there. It's a, it's a franchise that's much loved, and also there's some and and you know anxiety when the game was annualized until you know Ubisoft said, yeah, maybe we shouldn't do one of these every year. They're a bit demanding, so they've mm-hmm. they've seen sense there, and now they're making a film. I understand, but um, so we you know, six months ago. It's not that long ago. You, you made yeah. the leap out of uh, how can I put it the corporate realm. You may disagree, mm-hmm. but I, I I do regard as Ubisoft this strange sort of hybrid place where it's both corporate and isn't. Um, that's from the outside in. I may be wrong with saying that, but you, they that's take, a point of view. It's okay. It's, it's a point of view, but the yeah. idea is that the reason I say it is because they seem to take risks more than uh, in some regards, and then not in others. So they're, they're kind of this this two headed monster I can't quite fathom. Uh, but uh, I know they've been around for decades. But anyway, be that as it may. You make the leap from that environment to this one. What, what made yeah. you do that? Um, I was really looking for uh, just different kind of experience. Um, I know that Fruma uh, launched uh, Shario some year ago, and uh, that's kind of interesting platformer. I love platformer, and uh, was kind of yeah. Why not try? it and uh, get you know more different uh, on uh, your your, your experience yeah <laughs> yeah chariot is a very beautiful game come yeah. out again come out of nowhere like it's just so 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 polished there's no rough edges to it mm-hmm. at all but the you know the humor of it was just so irreverent and weird and like where's that where's the little skeleton guy why does he keep on saying funny things? <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just such a, a lovely premise. And apart from, I say lovely premise, the fact you're dragging your father along into his grave until he gets the right grave isn't a lovely premise. But the overall presentation of it was beautiful. Uh, and the humour, it was exceptional. And it was so, so inventive. And uh, it, uh, it's yeah, it's one of my favourites, uh, favourite um, platformers of recent times. So... I'm really excited to have you back on because listeners, Freema Games have been back on, have been on before. Not well, Rafael, because obviously he's been working for the company for only six months. But Freema Games are on episode 42, which we talked yeah. about Char- uh, Chariot. So if you want to know about Chariot, um, you can go back to episode 42, which of course you and I know is the meaning of life. So it kind of makes you know. Anyway, um, reference to another book thing. So. You know, so six months you've been doing level design. Yeah, exactly. I just uh, when I arrive in the company and just jump on the project. uh, We are I kind of small team, six seven person, and very nice experience working with uh, other designers, programmers, and uh, making all those decision tests, everything to get the product that will come out uh, very soon so um, loved every day uh, on the on this project yeah yeah it's uh, and we're going to talk about the nature of the levels pretty soon because they are a bit bonkers because um, it well well we're not going to spoil it now you have to listen to the second half come on don't be so impatient so, as a creator of video games, what are your biggest influences, do you think? Um, um, I, I, 
I've tried many uh, platformers to get uh, inspiration for uh, Talent Not Include, but um, as a, a, an old player, when I kids, I love platformer from the uh, old Nintendo console, Battletoad, Ninja Gaiden, those uh, are the base for me for platforming, so I just uh, remember those good games on Super Nintendo 2 and uh, Sega Genesis, like Mickey Mouse series, and uh, yeah. So <laughs> let's focus on that a little bit, because I like to explore this. Um, okay. You know this because you listen to the show. Hey, see? Um, but So Ninja Gaiden, and um, that's one, uh, and Battletoads, that's another. These are very, very hard, very difficult NES games, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the whole balancing act um, of getting frustration versus, you know, difficulty, you know, the punishingly difficult to the point where it's the game's fault. You know, you and I have both been there. We've played enough yeah. games, enough over the years. So like, that's not my fault. <laughs> that's not. That's not my fault. That's not. That was. That was not possible. Come on. And, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, that's one of the, the major uh, issue when you you do uh, you design a platformer or any other game. So that you want a player to feel that the, the the fault isn't from the game. Yeah. So if the players see that, yeah, I, I I made that error. It's okay. I'm just gonna try back, and it it won't stop or be frustrating. So that's the major goal. I believe. Me. Over the last 10 years, um, observing these and playing these, games like Super Meat Boy, they're, they're kind of like milestones, in my view, of understanding difficulty, risk-reward, and frustration, and mixing it all together to a point where it's not a horrible mess. <laughs> yep. and, they, and ever since then, people have gone back to the platform genre again and again and again to try to get it to refine it to add things to it to modify it to massage it to and it's been an extraordinary thing they're not going to go away everyone these games they're not going to go away nor should they and some uh, yeah. have done it better than others and i think the biggest crime and i know i know talent not required does not suffer from this at all if it did it wouldn't work is i know you know when you get a, a platformer and I'm not going to name some. You may disagree or agree. You may not respond, but that's fine. But some games, the controls are really soft and imprecise. Mm-hmm. And they don't... It's as if all the platforms are covered in grease. You know, when you, yeah. you jump and you land and you go skidding on for maybe just a little, just a tiny bit, but just enough to cause you to not feel you're in control of the character at all. Um, do you do you agree with that? Do you think- yeah, totally agree. Uh, many games have, uh, I think, they, they, each game have their reason why uh, those controls are as they are. Um, I will take like uh, Mar- Mario. Yeah, there is that kind of slight sliding once you stop. You know what uh, I mean? You just you land and then you keep going. Like, why? I'm not. Yeah. Why? I, I will say. Mario is kind of uh, encouraging. I would say that you can pass the level in one shot without stopping. They don't want the player really to stop. 
yeah. you can manage to pass the level in one shot. So, yeah, because now, I mean, I'm very old. <laughs> I would say this <laughs> in the show, but I'm not saying very old. But one of the earliest platform games I ever played was probably Donkey Kong Jr. But then, really, beyond that, it was mm-hmm. a game called Manic Miner, uh, which is based on Miner 49er. And that was extremely difficult, but extremely precise, in that you jumped, and you didn't go landing on something and skidding off. You landed just dead, like, boom. Yeah. Just, that's it. <laughs> like, oh, like, yeah, I've landed now. Do you want to move now? You want to move, you want to move now because I'm just going to you know, hit you. And it was extremely it was yeah. pixel perfect to the point where you had to time it just right because you the resolution back then, this was back in the early 80s, was mm-hmm. so poor that you could actually see each pixel in the screen and like, oh right, if I just move in just a little bit, and it was just like even the animation was so you know um, precise that you could actually move him with a little character, little minor Willie is his name, uh, move him very very small, very small increments. So I'm gone from that, <laughs> which is very 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 precise, to the yeah. more fluid um, skit- um, skittering along and 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 the f- and floaty controls. I mean, little big planet suffers from that. Terribly, um, I didn't like the first one and the second one because of that same problem of you know you land and then and you go skidding off and like that's not fair and and, and it was just <laughs> it, it, it did annoy me. But Tell Not Required doesn't suffer from that because if it can't, you can't. The game doesn't. It will kill it if you had that. In my opinion, yeah. uh, it just wouldn't work. You, you have to stop. Not a. It, you have to have immediate control because it's flowing so quickly um, that if you don't, you'll end up in a bit of a mess, <laughs> which I do yeah, exactly. often in this game. But again, it's all, it's all my fault. So that's a great answer, by the way. Just basically yeah. you know, playing. You know, I've always said to people, if you're making a platformer, play a lot of them. Definitely play Mario. But also many of the yeah. others as well, like the ones you mentioned in the Gaiden on the NES and Battletoads and stuff like that. They're fantastic yeah. games as well mm-hmm. as platformers. Uh, and, and, you know, there's, there's also good and bad ones. And find out why yeah. they're bad. And then say, okay, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, you know, that's, yes, it's, uh, that's how it works. It's how creation works. I believe, anyway. So, mm-hmm. in the industry, who do you most admire? And why? So, in the, in the game development world, who do you say that they're great? They should carry on what they're doing. Um, I, I will say that um, the, 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 there are no real uh, direct names about it, but I love every uh, workers in the video game industry that works to do quality game before. Anything else, they, they they try to reach it. Even if the game has to take more times to produce and things, um, I got in mind maybe um, the Dream Machine. The two guys are making the uh, the point and click. They do an awesome game. I really love how they they, they think about it. Uh, the the new um, Inside game that just came out uh, last month, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, those those games of uh, of developers really inspire me by what they they do and how they are doing it. Yeah, yeah, 
<laughs> so, yeah, people will put out a quality product that can't last more than that. Again, I don't yeah. like using the word product with video games because it makes me feel ill. Uh, yeah. Too many press releases. Apologies for that. Um, people put quality games or things that push the medium forward. Yeah. You know? That, that, that should be applauded. And that's why I take, you know, umbrage over people yelling about No Man's Sky and stuff like that. Like, just see it for what it is. Yeah, they, 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 they tried something. Yeah. They tried something and pushed it at the limit they could. Yeah. See, there there is always very tech issues or limitations in video games, and that awesome that some people are just pushing it further as No Man's Skies did. Yeah. And just for that, the product is something very special and exceptional. Yes. In, in my opinion. So, to, to, to have the courage to try yeah. it, then mm-hmm. stand up and go, see, I made it, there it is, is, yeah. is uh, something to be admired. So, this is a video game podcast, which means that my next question, I'm legally obliged to ask it, because every podcast about video games typically asks mm-hmm. this question. That's not true. I'm just making sweeping generalizations. But um, what are you playing right now? Oh, playing uh, a lot of game. Uh, Undertales. Okay. I'm trying that that that, that little uh, gems. I must say the, the the narrative just exceptional characters. Yeah, so that's on my and, um, uh, things to lo- do list. I don't I don't call it a pile of shame anymore. I'm no. not going to call it that anymore. I call it my investment into the video game industry. <laughs> In my pipe, so, so many games. <laughs> yeah, and uh, um, I'm returning to Metal Gear Solid that I haven't finished yet. To what? Sorry again. Uh, Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Right. Five. Did you say? <laughs> yeah. 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 I've yet to get into that again. Just in my shelf, just sitting there, going, mm-hmm. like Metal Gear Solid Three. What? Why haven't you done this yet? I've been busy! So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, do you want to talk about those a little bit? I mean, how are you finding Undertale? Do you want to expand a little bit and why you find it? You said something about the narrative. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, you know, the, the main gold story, I haven't really met what is going on about me. You just wander in monster world, you meet new characters jokes and everything is is surprising okay. that's the word you just every time you play uh, the combats or anything it just surprise you and it's really uh, incredible for that right so you don't know what's going to be around the next corner despite how long you've played yeah um, I'm around 5 hour I think Okay. But like I said, you, you keep playing and you think you've got it, you think you understand yeah. it, and then it, 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 it throws you a curveball. And so, oh, actually, mm-hmm. no, it's, this is, it's something else. Like, oh, great. <laughs> um, but that's, that's, the, that's the best game design ever, isn't it? That's why, one of the reasons I like Stanley Parable so much, because it, takes, it makes fun of that. Lovely. Yeah. Love this game. Yeah. yeah. It just, makes, it just the fact that it laughs at the audience breaks every rule. Mm-hmm. Every rule that you yep. knew and grew up with and trained in, and said, see that all the rules about you know treating people with respect and you know assuming mm-hmm. the intelligence on the on the player. No, screw that. They're idiots. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm going to tell them they're an idiot as well. And uh, yeah, it's a, such a lovely milestone that game. I uh, still would return to it every now and again, see what else I can conjure out of it. Um, but uh, yeah, good stuff. Um, if you're curious for myself, it's basically um, well, of course, it's talent not required. Been playing that a little bit too much. And, um, and 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 No Man's Sky. That's I've been flipping between, and I've also played a lot of tabletop games as well. Um, so because I, I love, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I've been playing a game called Scythe. Do you know about this? Um, no. Yeah, no, it's really really one. look it up after the show. But it's a big, very very popular. People get very very okay. excited, and it's a it's a Kickstarter game. It wasn't bad. Okay. <laughs> nice. I know it's really good. I got it from the post. It arrived, I was really excited, and because I've got Kickstarter, all the money is in coins rather than cardboard, mm-hmm. so it's like, it's, um, it's an area control game, and you uh, basically the winner is the person with the most money, so you have to do everything you can to get as much money, but it's got combat in it and all sorts of things, and it's, it was inspired by a painting, with a, a rural event, sort of a painting uh, of this rural scene, and behind it is this massive mech. You know, this big robot monster in front of a rural scene. Didn't make any sense. And uh, the developer of the game was inspired by this photo with this painting and decided to make a game around it. And so, yeah, so highly, that, highly recommend it. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. I'll make a game about this. Yeah, it just, I, I, yeah. I, yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that painting a lot. Let's just make a game about it. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... You get that a lot of times in creative endeavours, isn't it? You, you get inspired by just a little thing. Could be anything. Could be the the shape of uh, the butter you put onto some toast, and like that looks like a. <laughs> and then, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm usually uh, I'll, I'll always have something to take notes, you know, because when you see that, oh, I got an idea about that. You write it down. And uh, later you just check your notes and you say, oh man, no, that was terrible. <laughs> I'll keep it, I'll keep you it. keep it, I'll keep it. <laughs> just in case. So that's it for the first half of the show. Well done. Mm-hmm. You got through it. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Thumbs up. And uh, so um, let's really get into the uh, uh, meat of the show because we've had the potatoes. <laughs> Uh, and this, we're now going to go delve deep. It's a, a platformer, theater platformers, where the platforms comes from the backgrounds, and uh, the player has to survive and reach a small objective to pass through the levels right. of uh, of the game. 
yeah, it's um, that's it's it's in essence a, a platformer. Yeah, where you're going from left to right, and you to well, not, initially you do, but then it you go all over the place. Uh, but the, the the key to this game is that the mm-hmm. level is changing dynamically as you're jumping around it. So yeah. you don't the, the 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 screen or the environment you're in remains pretty much static. You're not moving within a realm. The realm moves behind you because yeah, exactly. it's a stage. You're in a dynamic, moving, rotating, violently exploding, potentially death most of the time, stage. <laughs> um, yeah. and so I want to ask you about the fluidity of mm-hmm. um, talent not included. It, that's the thing, that's the word that immediately springs to mind when thinking about uh, this game. How yeah. much did this movement of the player become central to Talent Not Included's tenet? In other words, what, was, it, was the game built around the need to keep the player moving? Um, yeah, because uh, since the, um, the environment, the player doesn't have control over the speed of the environment, like in other platformer. Right. So we had to nail the controls as much as possible because um, this got quite a, a, a challenge in the, the, the platforming that come out from the backgrounds. And uh, the fact that the player cannot uh, progress through right or left as much as he wants, so he make a lot of back and forth often uh, to progress through the game. So we wanted something that if you wanted to stop on a platform, you could. And you, you had the total control about this. Otherwise, players will fall off and uh, you don't want to miss the, the rhythm of the, the, the environment and the platforms as they come. No, and there's some wonderful um, movement and I mean, of, of mm-hmm. you know, you can spin round and just shoot across because yeah. a lot of the environment, if you touch it, you get hurt. Uh, a lot of the creatures you encounter, you have to beat up and get rid of to, uh, for points yep. and things. You're constantly chasing, chain, chasing chains of sweets that create a very interesting arc that I believe, certainly early parts of the game, give you another suggestion to the player. Maybe you want to take this path to, to get to this because, you know, it's the most efficient. But um, it's... It, it just struck me when I'm playing Talent Not Included is how it is so fast uh, and it, everything's kicking off constantly and you get it's it's just it's no there's no let up uh, until you actually finish a level then it gives you a you know a, a score and a grade and that sort of thing uh, based mm-hmm. on the fact that you know your performance is this fed back to you by the, the audience because well, I haven't really explained the setup too much in that. You're playing one of three characters, and you are yeah. um, these characters are play are actors or acting, I should say, yeah. and they're acting, <laughs> and they're not very good at it because they're not the actors, and they decide to act because they're bored, and uh, they've just been trapped into this 
the demonic um, this the demonic theater for reasons yeah. known to the demon who's controlling it, and uh, uh, the audience are oblivious to the, the demonic nature of everything. Think it's just a big you know you know play, <laughs> and um, the, it's just chaos is ensuing. I just love the fact that as the player isn't doing terribly well, they get you know booed at, and when they do particularly well, they get you know standing ovation almost, don't they? Um, mm-hmm. It's a lovely sort of um, sensory feedback thing that you have going there, and I, I really like that. But um, before we go into details about that, let's just talk about the changing scenery. So the changing scenery, uh, the level basically rotates around a series of rollers, and it feels like a roller coaster. Um, and uh, in that, each scene um, uh, makes the environment increasingly challenging. Is this? Is this yeah. the the uh, how the game started into being creation? Is did it start from this idea that a level doesn't have to be static? Oh uh, yeah, the the, the main uh, I will say the main pitch of this game was that the environment was based on the roller. So um, with early tests we did about uh, the the platforming the roller, we discovered that. Yeah, that was kind of challenging. You know, it's it's kind. Of, I I I like the the, the um, explanation that you are platforming on a guitar or game or some musical things that come out and in. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's kind of quite a vision about this, and um, so we discovered that early in production that was quite of challenging and we had to work hard to make it accessible to uh, a more uh, I will say casual public so yeah <laughs> that's fair enough it's, um, I found it fascinating that you got this idea that you know why do levels have to remain static why do you have to go defeat them then move to another scene you know, it's exactly what happens. You create blocks or boxes within which players mm-hmm. enjoy the environment and play in it and ex- um, exploit it and do things within it. And they go along and then go, okay, I've done that bit. I've, I've managed to conquer it. I've got over the bit. Let's move on to the next scene and the next scene. And you're saying, no, no, let's just keep on bringing new scenes into the same section and just make you go insane instead. And it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. It gets more and more frenetic. And it, 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 there are times I'm going, oh, when's it going to end? Because you don't know. You don't know. And no, exactly. you never give any indication when it's going to end. It's like, I don't know, when it does. You know, and and um, uh, there are times when, because you can have... Um, OCD doesn't do very well in this game if you're obsessed with collecting everything, because you're not going to, unless you're really good. <laughs> there's going yeah, to be times where you're like, I'm gonna to have to leave that one behind because the scene's coming. A new scene's coming up. Oh, oh damn it! <laughs> and it's just, um, it's, it's, you know, you, you collect that last cog, and then the, then the scene changes, and it's, it's just glorious. I mean, it, it, the whole style of it is, is incredible. But we'll, again, I'm rushing ahead of myself because before we go into style, which is important, I want to ask you about the co-op nature and single-player mode. So there are two very different modes of play one you can mm-hmm. play in single player but you can also play in co-op how have you managed to balance those two modes of play 
to ensure that one doesn't dominate over the other? Um, okay. I'm a bit, uh, we'll say, lucky about this because um, I'm beginning where mostly focusing on the single-player experience, but while testing the game, we discovered that just adding a single-player is increasing the fun and uh, a little bit uh, making the game some easier because uh, you were both to kill and uh, get more HPs uh, in cooperation. But with that, it was just kind of fun like it is so we just add it to the game it was not uh, too hard to uh, add it technically I will say and it was a happy accident then yeah um, not really an happy accident but yeah just you know when you, you fit something it fits perfectly right now as it is uh, I was like, we talk about old video games, that was a little bit the, the same things where the game was built as it is, but adding just a second players was increasing the fun to uh, to share the game with another players. Like Battletoads, yeah, there's two peoples and uh, that's it. Yeah, it's still <laughs> bloody hard. <laughs> Even with, yeah, yeah, but the game is still hard as it is, but more fun. Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, it, it just struck me as the game works really, really well as a single player game, but it could have become quite unbalanced with the, you know, more players, but it doesn't turn out that way at all. It just makes it more entertaining, You're, like you say, mm-hmm. uh, and it is local multiplayer, so uh, it's, it's a great yeah. couch game, it's wonderful stuff. And it's great to see those games make a, a fateful return. I think um, uh, ever since I played Nidhogg as <laughs> a, a multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Nidhogg is a very, mm-hmm. very funny game. Violent. So violent. And, and <laughs> you know, when, especially when it rips out someone's spine and hit them with it. It's like, really? Like, yeah. So, but it's, yeah. Still, it's still, a great, um, still a great game. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the couch multiplayer... Uh, it's great to see it. Uh, it's it's faithful return. Cause it's uh, it was it was very yeah, nice. you, We're missing, I think, uh, couch playing games right now. Yeah. And if if a game can do it, uh, I will say I only encourage anybody to try to add it to their games. Yeah, as much as you can. But, um, well, Video yeah. Ball, not seen that's a recent release. It's bonkers, mm-hmm. just, just bonkers. It's really, really funny, but also just infuriating at the same time. But it's a great game. So, my last question to you. And I know, yeah. sad. All good things come to an end. But um, the setting has the player controlling, uh, uh, as you said, an actor. How did this come about? And also, the humour is very similar uh, to Chariot. Uh, so talent not included there's a lot of you know humour it has that same irreverent humour that uh, Chariot had do you think Freema Games is seeking to make its signature via this route or is again does something that happened to happen um, I will say yeah. that uh, Freema already uh, 
made multiple games based on cartoons and things. Right. So we already has the expertise on that categories, uh, but it doesn't mean that we are not looking at other genres or uh, style. But that that is our most um, learned um, style right now for foreign games. Okay. Yeah. I mean, how did the three actors idea come about? Uh, we're looking some to add more varieties in our game. We had a lot of ideas of design to control the characters, and uh, we decide then to have three characters to play with the games instead of just one. And uh, we had a lot of fun to um, make them as unique as we could. Uh, in the production, I remember that one time every character had a different um, statistic about jump eight or speed, but it was wanted to uh, make it more accessible. So we say base control would be the same for a character, but we can put them a unique ability that would change the whole flow of the level. As you can see, you know, the, the warrior can spin attack and do some damage. Yes, yes. There's good airtime uh, for speed runs. I would say that this is incredible to kill uh, the night enemies or things like this. And the, the rogue can roll through obstacles and uh, be more... Uh, as variety in the possibility of what you can do in a level and survive. Yeah, it does open up the level. Yeah. I find the road very interesting to play. Certainly, it's um, mm -hmm. it does open up the game quite a lot. Uh, and exactly. uh, but it, it is quite challenging. It's much more challenging than the knight. Uh, but uh, he's very brutal and just gets things done. <laughs> yeah. And, and for the third one, the the, um, the mage can float, so then he, he has a good airtime. We try to um, to represent this in our level design when we try to uh, create these. It like you fly through uh, saw and uh, obstacles, try to attack in the range, and uh, the teleport bullying through uh, enemies. So we had a, a lot of fun to things about, hey, this is unique for that characters. What can be represented through the layout right. and the, the rhythms and all okay. of this. Yeah, cool. Well, it, <laughs> um, it's coming out, so it's, uh, it's talent not included. And, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it's coming out on Steam, right? Exactly. So is it, it, um, it, 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 Windows, PC, Mac, and Linux? Is that right? Um, PC and PC Mac. And Mac. Uh, I'm not sure about Linux. Does it work on a Steam PC or not? It does. Yeah. Okay. It might work yes. on Linux then. Don't know. I have to be careful about this. But yeah, definitely Windows, PC, and Mac. I've been playing on Windows PC, but I do have a, a Mac as well, so I might try it on that just to be just to make it. Mm -hmm. you know, just to clear it up, just to, I've got a really, 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 really stupidly powerful Mac uh, lap, laptop <laughs> which I carry around with me, and it allows me to go to events and they give me a code and 
I play it in the hotel and it's great. Um, <laughs> but um, also, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, when I'm doing video capture, it makes life a lot easier when I'm doing it on that machine. Yeah. Um, Rafael, it's been fantastic having you on. Thank you so, so much for sharing your experiences and your, and your insight into making uh, Talent Not Included. It's been really, really interesting. Oh, it was a pleasure, and thank you for the opportunity to uh, talk about video games and talent not included. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I wish you the best of luck with it. I can assume it's going to come out on other platforms. It's got to, but you probably can't talk about it, right? Uh, we'll try. <laughs> but... <laughs> Are you, I'm assuming you're going to go to try and go to consoles like you have with other other titles. That will be uh, incredible. Yeah. So we're looking at the opportunity right now. I know. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, don't have yeah. it, 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 yeah, if you've got a piece, Windows PC, you can... It works... It, I personally think it works best on a big old television. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the bigger the television, the better. I've got a 46-inch, uh, and uh, it's, it's glorious. <laughs> when you throw it up on the screen, and it, you can see oh, so sorry. much more, and I actually play way better. Way better than I'm on that, than am I on my... My uh, monitor, uh, because you know. Yeah, and it's much uh, accessible for. Uh, for yeah, yeah, for the there. couch play. So that works really, really well. Yeah. So for me, that's that's my default thing for games like this. And uh, for me, you know, games like Civilization, I'm on a computer, right? <laughs> you know, or, or Stellaris, or something like that. I'm sitting on my computer, you know, poring over spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to games like this, talent uh, not included. It, it, it demands a big telly, <laughs> in my view. Yeah. So, and it, it, it's I've used I use a Steam Link to do that, so it works works great. So, uh, again, thank you very much, sir, and uh, I do wish you the best of luck. You're more than welcome to come back on to chat about any other future things and in, in what you're working on in, in uh, at Freema, uh, whatever that may be. I know you can't say what it is because that's the nature of creation, uh, but that's fine. But uh, like I said, it's fantastic having you on and uh, very best of luck. Thank you. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review and you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show, or actually you're a developer, you listen to the show and want your game featured on it, please do email me at chris at spong.com. Also, don't forget to check out the Computer Game Show, which is the stablemate podcast, should we say, of spong.com. Bye! <laughs>